Welcome to In the Weeds, the podcast where we explore the intersection of writing and working in the service industry. I'm your host, Kaylee Brennan Delarusso. My guest this week is Brittany Ackerman, author of the novel The Britneys that came out with Vintage in 2019. She's also a three times Pushcart nominee, and her work has been featured in Electric Literature, Lit Hub, Jewish Book Council, The Los Angeles Review. No Tokens, Joyland, just to name a few. She currently lives in Nashville, Tennessee. In this episode, both of us waitresses have some fun talking about customer and coworker pet peeves and least favorite side work before we get into Brittany's writing life and how she wrote her novel while balancing her job at a sports bar in LA. We talk about the stigmas and societal perceptions of real jobs. I'm saying real jobs in quotes. And we also talk about how Serving jobs allow for personal growth and provide inspiration to make our writing better. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Okay, so I feel like it's quite fitting that we're both sick for this first episode. (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking how the service industry is like notorious for being short-staffed, and if you call out, you're basically a piece of shit, so... (laughs) Yeah. And like, especially with the pandemic, like, I feel like places are still really short staffed because COVID is still a thing. And, mm-hmm. um, well, and it's like, every time I walk into a restaurant now and I see someone wearing a mask, I'm like, oh, do you just like have COVID and you're working? <laughs> or like, are you trying to prevent, you know, it's like, now you don't know. Like yeah. now we're in like a weird zone with that. I know. True. <laughs> I just feel like too, even before that, like, there's just always been this vibe of like, suck it up. Yeah. And work or like you're a wimp. Like if anyone calls out, like especially in the kitchen, it's like, oh, so-and-so called out. Yeah. Well, maybe they really need to be home. (laughs) Yeah. No, I had a pregnant uh, boss once who was a manager at a restaurant and like fully had morning sickness like all day at the restaurant and was like, like, you know, calling food on the line. And like, I would go in there and she'd be like puking in a trash can. I'm like, this person should be home, like Mm -hmm. resting, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's very much that, and maybe even like more so for women, I don't know, like, especially if it's like, oh, you're pregnant, like you can still work, like you're in your first trimester, like you're not big yet, like who cares, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, so I feel that for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so I figured we could get started with, um, maybe you just giving us like your restaurant resume, like where... Yeah. How did you get started working in restaurants? What type of restaurants have you worked in? Uh, Yeah. Give us the rundown. Well, so when I was in my senior year of college, um, I just wanted to have like my own money to like do stuff. And I don't know, like buy weed and clothes and 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 just kind of start saving up for like real life after. And there was this sushi restaurant, which I think it actually burned down, but it was in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, and, uh, it was like the restaurant where everybody went. I don't know why my name is blanking on it now. I'll Google it in a second, but I I do. I think it like doesn't exist anymore. I think maybe I blocked it out because that job was literally insane. And, um, and I had no restaurant experience. Like I was, you know, uh, like I guess 21 at the time. And they were like, you have to have a lot of experience. Like, this is like really high paced. Um, Like, you know, everyone went there. Everyone went there for their birthday. It was like a big thing. 
And they had these like private party rooms with like karaoke and stuff. And um, yeah, so uh, I lied and I put my brother as a reference and um, he like, like they did call him and he just faked like, oh yeah, she worked for me for like five years or whatever. And I got the job and about like a week into training, my, um, the server that I was working under um, who was awesome. And like, I still talk to her sometimes like on Instagram and stuff. Um, she was like, you never worked at a restaurant before, have you? And I was like, <laughs> no, I'm so sorry, but like, please don't fire me. Um, so that was my first job. Like I lied to get in, but that job taught me so much. And I really learned like everything, just the basics and like how to be, I mean, we were, there was not even a computer system. Like everything that we did was like written down on paper, put up on a line. Um, we would type in like twenty two ninety nine, like, and th- it was like insane. Um, like splitting credit cards, you know, like I, I learned everything. And, um, so that was that. And then ever since then I've worked in like a myriad of restaurants. I've worked in sports bars, um, Duffy's shout out Duffy's. Oh my God. That was like the worst. We had to wear little jerseys and like hats. So it was just (laughs) testing. Um, I worked at like fine dining. I did, um, this restaurant in Boca call or Boca Raton called Mario's and like where you wear like all black and like, it was like opening wine and like, um, and that was the one where I was working right across from FAU. And I would be like, oh, maybe I should like apply for my MFA and then like did and then got to like go to school instead of like working there. Um, I've worked in like bistro style places where like every like the kitchen would fight with like the floor staff and like it was just complete chaos. Um, But the most recent serving job that I had was when I was living in Los Angeles. I was working at a uh, uh it was a, uh, what was the, what's the team for Wisconsin? Oh my God. My husband would kill me. Um, the cheese heads, um, a Packers bar. It was a green Bay Packers bar. That was, it was right on Hollywood Boulevard and it was absolutely just madness. Um, so that was the most recent one I've, I've had. Um, and like in between working like retail and then like real people jobs of like sitting at a desk and like doing PR or whatever. Um, and then I finally made my way into teaching, which is what I do now. But yes, I have been in all different types of restaurants <laughs> throughout the year. I didn't realize that you'd worked in so many cause just, I, you've mentioned the bar to me, but, um, yeah. yeah. So, okay, great. I'm going to ask you sort of my like restaurant questionnaire now before yeah. we get into some writing things. So uh, as a server or were you just a server or were you a bartender too? I was only a server, but there was one other sushi place I worked at in LA where I was a host. Okay. Um, yeah. Being a host is rough. I think, I think that's yeah. one of that to me is like the dishwasher equivalent to like the kitchen, you know, like in the front of the house yeah. as the hostess, it's rough. You, you, someone commented on one of my uh, posts on Substack and said that she thought that being a hostess was so rough because you only meet people when they're hungry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like, you're like, oh, there's a weight. It's like, no, you know, like it, it, they like just will attack you. And you're like, I am mm-hmm. not in charge of 
how long the way like I can't do anything you know yeah <laughs> so I yeah and you're kind of expected to like if a server needs help or the kitchen needs help like you have to just do it all like you're a jack of all trades mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's a tough one well as a server uh what is what was like one of your biggest pet peeves when it came to the customers Okay. I don't know. I feel like this is a controversial one, but especially when I worked in like fine dining restaurants, modifying like people that were like, Oh, can I get this salad? But like with this kind of cheese and know this and this, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm a foodie. And I think one of the reasons I am a foodie is because I worked in restaurants for so long. Um, and especially when you're in a restaurant, like maybe not when you're serving like hot wings, but like if you're in a restaurant that is you know a fancier place or even just like a bistro style whatever tapas I don't know anything it's like the chef knows what they're doing and like they know what they're doing when they create a menu and when they you know create a dish um and I do feel like unless it's an allergy or like a food intolerance just like get it the way it comes like try mm-hmm. it you know like um but I am also guilty of being someone that used to be like a chronic modifier. Like I was just like, I don't like these things. And then when I worked in a restaurant and I would start trying the food or, you know, like family meal or when a chef would like, let me try something or like, Hey, this is going to be on the menu tonight. Like take a bite. So you know how to sell it. I was, I was trying things that I've never tried before. And, um, but yeah, now, like if I go to dinner with a friend or like, or if I, even I see like people at another table and they're like, oh, well, can I like get this? But it's, I'm just like, oh my God, this is so annoying. (laughs) I know that when that ticket like goes in the back, like the chef is going to be like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why? Like just get something else, you know? Yeah. I don't I have a family member that like only orders plain, well done grilled chicken. And I'm like, why are you even going out? Like, eat at home you know just don't get it same I agree with that pet peeve I I don't like it either and it's awesome when there's a certain item on the menu where the chef says absolutely no modifications and you're like I can't wait to say no yeah yeah (laughs) yeah um what about a pet peeve of yours working with other servers in the restaurant or bartenders or like other staff (sighs) um I don't know. I mean, this is a tough one because I feel like you, even if you like hate someone that you're working with or you have like just tension between you, like you have to get along because you all lose if, Mm -hmm. if like you're just quarreling with somebody. But I don't know. At the last place that I worked, um, one of the shifts was like eight to three basically. And that's eight to three in the morning, like 8 PM to three in the morning. And I would work with this one girl and like, bless her heart. Like she was so sweet. Um, and she was a model. So like, this wasn't like her, you know, her dream to like be in a, in a Packers bar. Um, but we had two servers that would be on at night, which is a lot, um, for like the entire place. And it was still small, but it's like insane. It's like drunk people, like raging, you know, music is blasting. There's like a DJ, like it was just insane. Um, and like, she would just go missing for a while and I would go in the back and I would go in the walk-in and she would be sleeping and I'd be like, okay, well, I guess like, this is good because then I get all the money cause we didn't pool. Um, and I would be like, Hey, do you want to like come out there? And she's like, no, <laughs> like, so I don't know. I think it's just like people slacking or people, um, 
just not taking it seriously. Cause like, yeah, it's a restaurant. It's not life or death, but like it, like, I don't know. It kind of is like, it's like there, it, there, ha- there has to be like a sense of urgency. And I feel like when people didn't have that, it bothered me. Like when mm-hmm. I could tell they were lax or just like, didn't really care. Like I was like, I need this money. <laughs> like I never took a serving job because I was like, Ooh, that'll be fun and cute. Like right. it was always like out of desperation or making a living. Um, you know, so I just like when someone's just like, they don't care. Like I hate that. Yeah. Cause there really is a whole flow to the whole night. Yeah. Like it's, it has to move like water and everyone has yeah. their, has their task. So yeah, yeah I I've been there too. That's a good yeah. one. <laughs> Do you have any, I guess, either customer or staff, like any just wild customer or staff stories that like come to mind through your years of experience? Yes, I have a couple. I wrote them down. Um, So, okay. The first thing, this was like probably the craziest thing that happened just because it was like scary as well. I mean, like I said, the last place I worked was right on Hollywood Boulevard and our bar didn't have... Um, like it was just open. So like the windows were completely open. And then like at night when we closed, like, a um, like shutters would come down, but it was just open. And one day it was a, a day shift. So I don't know, it was like around noon or something. And all of a sudden, one of my managers, Francis, shout out to Francis. She was just like yelling at somebody for like outside the window. Like they weren't even in the restaurant. Um, I think actually maybe it was earlier than noon. It was like, we weren't open yet. Cause maybe that's why he wasn't inside. And it was this guy that was holding a box with a fire in it. Like he had like lit something on fire and was like threatening to throw it into the restaurant. And so Francis was like trying to reason with him. And I was the only other person there and I'm like calling 911. And then like, like before I even could get the call through, like, the cops were because the cops were just always on Hollywood Boulevard, like patrolling. And they like came over and they were like, I mean, this is the funny part that they were like, oh, like Jeffrey, like, come on. Like they knew him and like he did this often. <laughs> and they were like, come on, take your firebox and like go back home. And like, <laughs> um, and like, you know, it is sad because there's a lot of homelessness and like mental illness and like addiction that happens in LA. But it was just funny that like this was a character on the boulevard because there's a ton of characters on the boulevard. Like there was a guy that dressed up as Willy Wonka and he would always come in for like like a martini, you know. <laughs> it was just like in his outfit and um, you know, like there was a guy that dressed up as Beetlejuice, like Spider-Man, SpongeBob, you know, and like these people were just walking by the restaurant constantly or like coming in for a meal before they, you know, like uh were doing their their photos you know by the chinese theater um so yeah but the firebox was crazy and i actually wrote about it in a like a flash piece because it was also when all of the it was the summer when like the fires were just ripping through the state and like you would walk outside and just be like covered in ash and um so it was kind of ironic that like here's this guy holding a fire when like we are in the midst of this like environmental, you know, trauma. So, but that was pretty wild. And then I would say just like same restaurant um, at night, bouncers would would come in um, to like double check IDs and just to like facilitate stuff. Cause like there would be like gunshots and like, 
people jumping each other and like just craziness. And this one bouncer was, and I'm not like tooting my own horn here, but like he was in love with me. Like he was like, I'm going to leave my wife for you. And like, and like, I'd be like, okay. Like, and like, just didn't know how to handle it. Like I was like young to the point of not being like, this is harassment, you know, but like, um, but I also just like never got involved and like, he would always be like, can I have a hug? And I was like, no, like do paper menus now or like the QR code, you know, that like, thank God for a QR code. Like you have no idea. Like, I feel like every server when that happened was like, oh my God, thank you. Like to get a stack of menus that like, I can hear the sound that they make, like the unsticking when you're like opening the pages and everybody touches them everybody spills shit on them. Um, and then you have to take a rag with like a spray that you're like, I don't even know what this spray is. It's just in a bottle that was like in the closet. (laughs) Uh, I also like doing silverware. I know that's weird, but I just liked rolling up the silverware and like, you know, um, another one that I hated though was polishing glasses. Like when you have to like dip it over the hot water and then clean, cause I just never could do it good. And they'd be like, Oh, you have to do this again. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I guess there are snobs, but like, if I go to a restaurant and I drink something, I'm not like, there's a spot, you know, because I know like it's just a water spot from cleaning mm-hmm. in the dishwasher. It's not like gross, but yeah. I don't know. Most people don't know that, I guess. I don't know. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd love to talk about your time working in these spaces while you were writing. Um, I know that you were writing the Britneys while you were working at a restaurant. Yeah. So maybe if you could yeah. kind of walk us through your writing life and your serving life around that time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, once again, this was the sports bar. Um, I think it's also just like the most vivid in my mind because it was the most recent and, um, and I was there for a long time. Um, but yeah, so I had done a workshop and I had this like collection of short stories that were like part of the Britneys. And then in the workshop, the leader, um, Alan Heathcock was like, Oh, this is a novel. And I was like, well, I don't know how to write a novel. And he's like, he's like, well, I think this story is like the first one. So like open a word document and like put this first and then just like keep going and like, you know, plug in the stories where they fall. And I was like, okay, um, I still don't know how to do that, but I'll give it a, a shot. And so when I worked at that sports bar, after I got, you know, in and like earned my keep there and kind of because there is like a hierarchy. Like if you're new, you can't be like, I'm going on vacation. You know, like you have to you just take what you can get. And I was like picking up people's shifts and just trying to get like in good standing. And once I did um, and once I got like really friendly with the main manager there, Kara, love you, Kara. she, uh, you know, I was able to get like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday schedule. And I only worked mornings. Um, because we had a brunch menu also, and we would get like people coming in for bottomless mimosas and like all that fun stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I was able to get that schedule. And so then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday were my writing days. And I would also have like errands those days and, you know, whatever it was. Um, get my eyebrows done, who knows. Um, And I love that schedule because that was also when I started dating Carl, my now husband, and he also was working at a restaurant 
that was a little bit nicer than mine. He was at this like kind of bistro pub kind of place. The food was amazing. Um, and so he had a similar schedule of working weekends. So if we wanted to like go to San Diego or like go to the Redwoods, whatever, like we could go during the week when nobody was there and get like a better deal on hotels and all of that. So, um, I love that schedule. Like I miss it sometimes. Um, you know, just the ability to like, like, I don't know, have those days free and like have absolutely nothing going on. And so I would go to the Starbucks on Ventura Boulevard in Studio City, um, which that like I had a lot of celebrity sightings. I was telling somebody the other day that that's where I saw Elizabeth Olsen. And that was like the most starstruck I've ever been. And this was like pre-Marvel Elizabeth Olsen. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's so beautiful. And I was just like, like, I'm like writing my stupid, you know, mall scene. And she's like walking in in like a coat and, you know, um, but yeah, so I I would just do that and I would just sit there for hours. Like I would be like, I'm not gonna leave this coffee shop, even though it was just a Starbucks. Like I'm not gonna leave here until like it's been three hours. And even if I just sit here staring at the screen, like this is my day to do this. So like I'm gonna do it. And little by little I just got it done. And um if I missed a day, I would like make it up the next day. But I was never someone that like could write on the same days that I worked, um, just because it takes so much out of you. Like I, you know, you're on your feet, you're like sweating, there's like barbecue sauce all over you. Like, um, which I don't know, I hope that doesn't happen to everybody, but it happened to me. It would be like in my socks. I'm like, why is that? <laughs> um, like my socks were always wet at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is disgusting. Um, so yeah, I could never do that. And I never like wrote on receipt paper, like notes. Like I was just at the restaurant when I was at the restaurant. But I feel like the the pace and just the hours and everything, like it just made me take the writing like as part of a job too, even though I wasn't getting paid for it. Like I was like, oh, this is also part of my working life, like to sit here and write. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I did it. Like I didn't ever really write at night during that time. I kind of just would use it as like part of the day. Um and then I would read at night. That's when I read or like would hang out with Carl or, um, you know, go on a trip or whatever. Like, but I was pretty regimented about, I'm going to use these three days a week to just knock it out. And, yeah. Yeah. I love that. And though. My life looks nothing like that now. And sometimes, like I said, like I, I'm kind of like, Oh, I wish I could go back to that because I got so much done. But, um, but yeah, it's totally different now. <laughs> I like what you said about how your work days were just your work days and then you had your writing days. I think, I mean, obviously everyone's routine is different, but there definitely is a lot of commentary on writing every day and fitting it in as often as you can. And I think that's great if it works for you, but I also like the idea of even though, yeah, you probably did have some time after you worked, like you were done, like you, you worked that day you can do some enjoyable things or other things that you don't need to use your brain that way. And I think there's like a lot to be said for just having Mm -hmm. writing days. And I mean, it worked well for you. You were, you were writing three days a week and you, you got a novel out of it. So, you know, you were probably more focused because you're like you said, you had, okay, I had these three hours today. I'm going to write. Yeah. And I was like grateful to not be at the restaurant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, you know, and it was also like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, it's just like, you're so 
busy and exhausted that like the writing was like a break almost like it was like oh I get to sit and like have a coffee and like be a patron at a you know Starbucks isn't necessarily a restaurant now they have a bunch of food but like you know it's not people serving you whatever but it's like I get to be a customer on these three days like I get to reverse the roles and I get to just you know because I don't know I feel like even to this day I can't walk into a restaurant without thinking like a server Mm -hmm. or like thinking about what's going on behind the scenes. Like I don't just see, I don't just see it from like one side. Um, Whereas like, I really think that if you have never worked in food service, you just don't, you just don't get it. Like you just don't know. Um, Like I'm like, Oh, like that was quick for someone to come over. You know, like I just know, the like everything that's going on in somebody's head or if they're like oh my god I'm so sorry for the weight like I'm like I get it like yeah. <laughs> you know it's fine like um so yeah it was like a reprieve from the job um but yeah like you said I think having that really intense like person forward like customer service like you know communication job and then getting this like solitude time of just me and the work um it was a huge motivator yeah I don't know what else you were doing at that time, but were you ever thinking, you mentioned the term real job earlier and I, that term just drives me nuts for so many reasons, but yeah, in quotes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, I mean, what do you think of that term and did you feel pressure while you were waiting tables to be doing something else, you know, especially while you were writing, were you thinking, how are you thinking about that? I think because I had had the quote unquote real job, like literally I worked in an office on Wilshire Boulevard, like next to the LACMA, like with, you know, everybody in their offices, like I had an office, like, so I felt like, like, oh, is this like a step down or something? But it's like, I was way happier, you know, like I I was miserable at that office job and Um, And then I taught high school for a while and I was like miserable there too, even though, you know, that was like a reputable job. But, um, and we've talked about this, that like, even now I'm like, oh, I should be doing better. Like, oh, I'm just teaching English. Like I'm not teaching, you know, MFA students or like, oh, I'm not tenure track or something. Like I'm on like, which they actually just extended my contract if I wanted. So that's nice. But like, usually the job that I have is like two years and then bye. Um, But so I'm constantly still thinking that too. And I romanticize like, oh, what if I was just able to like get that schedule back of serving? And like, there are things that I miss about it. Like I miss the way that my body felt just being that active. Like as a teacher, you know, I stand when we're doing the lesson, but like the rest of my day is sedentary. Like I'm on a computer grading or waiting for my next class or, you know, lesson prep um, you know, eating my lunch, like, you know, it's when you're serving, you are on your feet from start to finish. And there was something really like exhilarating about that. And, um, I don't know, like I felt very like fit and like strong and, um, just like my mobility was good, but then it's like your feet hurt and everything too, you know, like rolling tennis balls under my, you know, (laughs) plantar fasciitis, like, you know, um, but, uh, Yeah. So I don't know. I think that like, even to be on like the other side of it and like now I'm, I have healthcare and you know, like I still feel like, Oh, well, what about that way of life? You know? Um, 
I never want to go back to retail again. <laughs> that's for sure. And that's like another conversation for another time, just how many retail jobs I've had, um, including the one and only Abercrombie and Fitch, um, <laughs> Lululemon, I mean, just to name a few, but that I don't romanticize and I never want to go back to that. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people go through this with whatever job they have. Like I was talking to a friend yesterday that works in tech and makes like a ton of money and is like a team leader. Like, I don't even know what that means. Like, and she's like, yeah, but like, I don't really want to do this. Like, this isn't like my dream, you know, but it's like, I can support my family this way. Mm -hmm. And we were talking because she wants to get into writing. And so she was like asking me questions about that. So I really think it's like the grass is greener on the other side. And like, as long as you can fit in some kind of writing life, like it really doesn't matter what you're doing. Like I always say to my students too, like, well, what do you want your life to look like? Like, do you want to be free Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Like, do you want weekends and summers off? Like as a mom now, I mean, she's a baby, so it's, it's not like we're doing a whole bunch right now, but like, I want to have weekends and summers off, you know, like yeah. I want to be able to like do stuff with her when she's not in school. Um, you know, so it works. Like it's what works for me and my family right now. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing when it comes to a job. And I bring, you know, I bring that up. It doesn't really bother me anymore. But when I was younger, like in my early twenties, a lot of people who saw me often at the restaurants, you know, the, the customers would ask basically, what else am I doing? Like, what's my next move? And at the time I didn't have one. I had just graduated college and this was what I was doing to make money while I was figuring it out. And it always made me feel so bad that I like needed to have a plan. And as I've gotten older, I'm just like, this is just how I'm supporting myself and supporting my yeah. writing life right now. Yes, I don't want to do it forever, but I'm lucky enough that I'm in a a restaurant that it just like runs smoothly. I love all the people. Yeah. yeah. And I do want to get out at some point, but like I don't know. I just like don't I just don't like this the stigma of yeah. a real job or like a restaurant job is is not real or you're wasting your time there. I mean, I've been working on and off at a restaurant for 10 years. It looks like I'm a career waitress, but it's like I have a plan. Um, yeah. And even if I didn't, it's just like how I make money and can support my writing. So that's what a job should be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, who's to say that it's more real to like be doing PR in a fancy mm -hmm. building, you know? And then it's like your whole day is wiped. Like, yeah. Because when I, I will say that when I had that job, which that was like my first job in LA was working for like a media, it was like a Mad Men kind of company which sounds great, but like, no, um, I, I hated it. Uh, and, um, like, you know, I was not writing at all. Like I was not writing at all. Um, cause I would, I'd have to get up early and then go to the job and then I would often stay late and then you're in traffic going home. And it was literally just like eat dinner, watch a stupid show and then repeat. And every day was the same. And then when the weekends came, I didn't want to like sit and write. Like I wanted to just like zone out or like go see a movie or go party back when I did that, you mm -hmm. know, in my early twenties. Um, so yeah, I don't know like who's to say like what's more real or like what's better. I think it's just what works for you. I mean, like I said, like I often feel like 
it's like that thing where it's like, oh, those who can't do teach. And it's like, I just think that that's such bullshit because I love teaching and teaching actually inspires me to write more. Um, and I have so much time. I mean, especially teaching in a college level, like I'm only on campus two or three days a week. And even when I'm on campus, like a lot of the time I'm like in a classroom that's silent because I'm waiting for the next group to come in so I can write and like have my little coffee and, you know, just sit there and like look out the window at the trees. Like, um, but like I said, I'm not, you know, like Lori Moore literally works at my school and it's like, I'm not her, you know, like I'm not teaching a fiction workshop, but maybe someday. And maybe even when I have that job, I'll be like, oh my God, this is so much work. I wish I could go back to mm -hmm. just like my, you know, my three little classes that I have and, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's like perspective. It totally Maybe. is. I felt that way many times when I've left restaurants, like finally I'm free. And then I have the nine to five or whatever. And I'm like, man, I miss that. I just, there's, yeah. there's something to, I don't know if you feel this way, but a lot of times I don't want to go into work, especially if I'm working a dinner shift, you know, it's four o'clock. I want to just start to wind down, not go out. Yeah, yeah. But so yeah. more often than not, when I get there and then I start talking to people at the tables and, you know, it's a pleasant experience most of the time. Of course, you're going to have yeah. unpleasant customers, but for the most time, you know, it goes well. And it's like the connections yeah. with people always put me in a good mood. And then of course, never mind like the inspiration for dialogue or whatever. Yeah. If you go in there with your writing brain, totally. it can be it can be so good for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It totally pulls you out of it once you're there. I mean, I even feel that way about teaching sometime, like, because like serving, it's like a, a face forward job. Like you can't just hide behind a computer or something like you have to, I have to like talk to a bunch of students and like, and I can't be like, Oh, you know, guys, like today sucks. Like I, or I was up all night with the baby, you know, like they don't care. And you have to go in and be like, Hey, you guys, and like, get them excited. And you also can't go up to a table and be like, Oh, man, I don't want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you can't do that. You're working for a tip also. Um, you know, so I think that any job that's like, you're putting your face forward and that you have to interact with people, it does kind of pull you out of it. It's like you have to fake it a little bit to you make it but then there is that realness of oh, I'm like in the world at mm -hmm. least. And I'm like interacting with people and like people can be good and nice. And like, I can enjoy this. And like, I always leave the classroom like, wow, that was good. Like, you know, I rarely have a, a bad day unless like, you know, there's a tech issue, honestly, <laughs> or like, or I don't know, like I have college kids, so they're not bad, you know, but like, I, I usually, if I go in feeling like tired or in a bad mood, like I leave feeling energized in some way. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, is, was there any like unexpected talent or skill that you discovered about yourself working in restaurants? It could be related to writing or, or not anything that comes to mind. I mean, a few things like, first of all, like you were just saying like dialogue, but like observation, like you're, like I said, you're around people 24 seven in that atmosphere and all different kinds of personalities, whether it's like the staff that you're working with or the clientele that comes in, um, you know, what people are wearing, body language, dialogue, um, setting, you know, it's all of that. So like, I feel like my powers of 
observation were really like honed in that. Um, I also feel like what we were just talking about, like faking it till you make it, because I think that often when you sit down to write, you're like, I don't want to do this. Like, even though you're like, I need to do this. Like I have been waiting for the time to do this. Like I finally have some time free. Um, but it's that mentality of like, no, I'm here to work and I'm going to do it anyway. Like, let me just start writing or like, let me pull up a prompt or like, let me, um, you know, read an essay and then I'll dive into this. Like, um, so I think it's, it's a, that mentality of like showing up to do the thing and doing it despite how you feel about it. Because yeah. I felt the same way walking into serving jobs sometimes, especially those 8 p.m. shifts. Like, I'm like, this is like when I'm going to bed, you know, nowadays. Like, I can't even imagine working until 2, 3 in the morning. Like, just no insane. <laughs> and there was never, like, in that restaurant, there wasn't, like, getting cut early because there were only one or two of us. And then there were the bartenders. Um, but there were only one or two of them, too. So you didn't go home early, you know. Um, but yeah, so th those two things, I think for sure. Um, and then like on a personal level, I feel like just, yeah, like being personable, like you can't take your mood out on, on the customer or on my students or like, you know, you are just more kind, I think. And, um, I don't know, I, I've, like I personally like can't wait for your book because I feel like the representations of serving is like, what do I, that movie waiting or whatever. It's mm -hmm. like, it's not like stuff is true. You know, it's like, you don't want to mess with the people that are like, you know, I would never do that to somebody's food, like spitting their food no or whatever. Way. And I've never worked somewhere where that's happened, but it's like, you, you, you know, you just don't want to mess with those people. Like they are serving you a meal. Like you are there to enjoy yourself and they're trying their best. Like no one is messing up on purpose. And like when there is a mistake, like a server does get upset about it or it stresses them out already. Like they want to please you. Um, and so being mean to them or like being snippy and rude, like it just doesn't get you anywhere. So I feel like just the open-mindedness and like just being more kind and like accepting um, not just when I'm at a restaurant, but just like in all ways. Mm -hmm. So those things for sure. I love that. Those are good, good ones. Uh, my, so my last question, uh, is if you have any advice for other aspiring writers who are currently working in the service industry, um, how to, you know, continue on with their art wherever they're at. Yeah. I would say, you know, like, use it like use these experiences that you have um you know to to motivate you but also like what you overhear or like what you see you know like use it in your writing but in terms of like a day-to-day -day, like well how do I actually like get the work done I think you have to make a schedule for yourself like I don't know that it's possible to just be like, oh, I'll write when I feel like writing, you know, because that might be never, <laughs> um, you know, uh, it's not the same as reading is like, oh, at the end of the day, I'll just like wind down with a book. Like, I think you have to make a schedule for yourself and like the days that you're not working um, or like, you know, whatever day off that you have, if you're working full time somewhere, then make that like make that day like, OK, I'm going to go to like a shared workspace or I'm going to go to my office at home or I'm going to sit at my kitchen table or I'm going to go to a coffee shop and buy an overpriced latte and just sit there and do the work 
um, you know, for X amount of time and to really follow that, you know, or to, I know like you have an accountability partner, um, who is so great. Love Tamar. Tamar. Um, you know, so maybe that as well, like try to find some literary community, whether it's like a local place where you can go and do like writing hours or workshops or, or an online workshop or something, go to readings when you can, like just put yourself into the literary life and don't let yourself feel like, oh, well, I'm, my day job has nothing to do with writing. Like, it does, you know, it, it helps with perspective, it helps with observation, it helps with time management, like, it is a part of you, and you can totally make it work. So that's my advice, you know, just don't, don't see it as like, oh, I'm, I'm not in the literary world. So like, you know, it's like, yeah, you, you are, you are, and you can be as much as you want to be. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I love it. Thank you. How can people find you? I am uh com is my website and you can read a bunch of stuff. I've got the Britney's my novel uh which is everywhere that books are sold and then um my memoir The Perpetual Motion Machine was with Red Hen Press so um might have to special order that one but it's still out there circulating. Um and then on Instagram I am at sub oat milk. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Brittany. This was great. And I uh, love talking about all, all things writing with you. Yeah, thank you so much. I've never talked about my my past serving life experience, but I'm excited to listen to the next episode and the next <laughs> one and the next one because I just want to, you know, I want to hear that I wasn't alone in all of this and that, you know, people get it. It's it's going to be super relatable for those who, who have lived this and are living it. A special thank you to Brittany for being my first guest. I hope you enjoyed this conversation and that you'll stick around for my future episodes. Thank you for listening. See you in the next one.